Hello, my beautiful souls, and welcome back to Real Talk with Alyssa. It's been a hot ass minute. Um, I had to take some time off. I um, experienced a loss. A really good friend of mine passed away, which inspired me to write about death and the five stages of grief since I was experiencing it firsthand for a very, very long time. So I'm happy to be back. I missed podcasting and, you know, sharing stories and connecting with you beautiful souls. So let's jump in. Death. Guess what? There's only one thing guaranteed in this life, and it's that we're all going to die. So I think it's important that we all talk about it and that we get comfortable with it. We're never going to really be prepared to lose the people that we love, and it's not going to get any easier but we might as well get comfortable with it and have some sort of a positive, healthy relationship with death. Now, I say positive and healthy because I once had a very unhealthy relationship with death. First time that I faced death um, was when I lost another friend of mine back in 2010. He was 21 years old, and this uh, beautiful soul passed away from cancer at age 21. So... That was a very, very hard experience for me, and I did not have the, have, I didn't have the skills to cope with it. I, you know, was still at that point in my life questioning my belief system. That was pretty much the heart of me questioning my belief system and kind of transitioning to spirituality. So that, I always said I had a poor relationship with death, and <laughs> I work for hospice now. <laughs> So you could say I've had quite the turnaround with death. Um, and, you know, my experience kind of turned around full, like went full circle when I was, you know, at my, the last job that I was at. And it was during COVID. I was working frontline and uh, I looked, I was going on rounds. I saw one of my patients did not look like um, they were doing well. I could tell that they were approaching death so because of all the restrictions with covid and obviously this was like the thick of covid we didn't really know too much about what was going on so i ended up calling the family did video chats and uh video chatted um one of the children from out of state and i started to notice his breathing patterns so i had experience with my grandfather passing in the home that i was living in my parents home at the time but, you know, it was a different experience. Uh, it was, it didn't really affect me. You know, I had a good relationship with him, but, you know, it was, when they're older, it's just a little bit easier. So anyway, so going back to the, to the experience that I had, I started to notice his breathing patterns and I was like, oh no, please don't die in front of your child. So then just as I clicked the red button on the iPhone to hang up the, the call, he took his last breath in front of me. And I just stared at him for a good solid few minutes, maybe two or three minutes, because obviously our bodies are used to the, watching the chest move and seeing someone breathe. So it's definitely, you know, a little shocking. The first time that someone actually died in front of me. And I was like, and then he had this moment where like, I don't know if it's some sort of like post-death, like, you know, body movement, but like, I just felt like I saw his soul exit his body and just watching this whole thing was just so profound. I was like, wow, that was amazing. And that was so beautiful. And I told my coworkers about it. And everyone's like, oh my God, Alyssa, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, 
that was fucking amazing. I just saw someone die. Like someone just crossed over right in front of me. This person chose to die right in front of me. That was amazing. And then from that point forward, I was kind of like obsessed um, in a healthy way with death. So I have a very positive outlook of um, death. It's really just grief that we need to process. So I want to uh, dive into that. So first of all, I believe in reincarnation. I believe that our souls exit our body. I feel like our bodies are just a temporary, are like a vessel for our soul in the 3D world on this earth. So I believe in reincarnation. I believe in a soul's journey. I believe that we reincarnate multiple times on earth. I believe we incarnate on different planets um, in, in our um in the, in the galaxy, multiple different galaxies and in the universe. So that's my belief system. So, you know, that kind of helps me to have a better connection with what happens, but it doesn't take away from the grief. No matter whatever my thought process is, it doesn't really take away from the grief, especially you know, when you have relationships that are super close to you moving forward. So that's, that's kind of like where I stand with my belief system and that's my relationship. So I definitely um, encourage you all to, you know, take a second just to think about what is your relationship with death? What do you view it as? Um, so with my experience, I've noticed, you know, there's, there's two different ways to die. It's expected or unexpected. Expected ones are usually people who have an illness and they know that they are going to die. And then there's unexpected ones, tragedies, and the tragedy ones, especially for people who are young. And that's exactly what happened with my friend that just died uh, a few weeks ago. Those are the ones that are, you know, really hard to, to process. And it's it makes the stages of grief a little bit more intense and strong. Your relationships that you have with people, it, it all plays a role in your grief. But um, most of the people in my personal experience with people on hospice, the patients themselves, they're accepting that they're going to die. And these people who are accepting of, of dying all have a belief system. Most of the people I work with are usually Catholic. I have some uh, Jewish people. I haven't really worked with any other types of religions. But and then there's some people who have like more of like a scientific physics um, background where, you know, where they believe in like the energetic, the spiritual, the soul, wh exactly what I had just mentioned. So the people who actually have the hardest time with dying and they know that they're dying are actually the people who are atheists, the people who have no sort of belief system. They're scared. They think they're not going anywhere. And that's actually what my uncle thought. And, and then once he passed away, I was like, yeah, look, you little bastard. Now you can talk to me, you little shithead. <laughs> That's how we speak to each other. He was a shithead. But anyway, um, so it, you know, it, it's the family members are the ones who I see struggle the most because the people who are dying are the ones like that. that's it. Like they, their soul goes on and they go into peace. People who are left behind are left with grief. They're left with a void, the emptiness and the emotions. It's very, it's very hard to lose someone and to, to re- establish your life with them not physically here anymore you know it, and like I said it mentioned it depends on the type of relationship that you have with somebody someone may be super super close and in your life on a daily basis and then someone may be in your life sporadically and it may not affect you as much as the people who are in your life all the time either way it's if it's significant to you it's significant to you and that no one can take that away so um you know 
really quickly, so I mentioned, I've obviously, I've already mentioned a few of the people that I've lost here. Um, the most significant ones were the friend from 2010, um, my dog from 2013, and then I wouldn't even say that this most recent friend loss is significant. I, I It's the first time I'm having a, a more significant loss of someone who was very close to me, who I love dearly, since being on this spiritual journey and having this type of mindset. Um, I have the ability to talk to souls who have passed on. Not everyone has that ability. At least not everyone is aware of that ability or tapped into it. So they don't necessarily have the abilities to do that. I was able to do it the night that I found out they had passed, which was 24 to 48 hours after he had passed away. And that's actually how I knew that he didn't suffer because it was a tragic accident. He didn't suffer. And he was at peace. It was just like, a, you know, he really just the shit that he had to go through through life was very challenging. So he was very much at peace and I was at peace with that. So um, that actually helps me with the grieving process. And that's why I was able to go through these process, th these stages that I'm about to go into very uh, quickly. So let's, um, let's dive in. So the five stages of grief. Now you're going to feel the more intense stages, the more intense emotions between six to eight weeks uh, post loved one death. And then on average, it can last up to two years. Um, I always tell people that we don't stop grieving. We just get better at it. The, you know, I still think about my friend from 2010 often, but I don't feel those emotions anymore. I just, I think I get happy with, you know, the memories that I had with him. But my dog, you know, my dog that passed away in 2013, like that was a really, really significant event for me. And I still think about him all the time. I still have a picture frame of him in my kitchen with his collar. Like it's, you just get better at it. That's really it. So don't worry about timeline. If you are currently going through grief right now, don't worry about a timeline. Just take it moment by moment. That's literally the best advice I can give you is just take every single thing moment by moment. So the first stage is denial. That goes without saying. Um, a lot of people struggle accepting the fact that someone is dying or someone has died. Now, I said that there's, there's sudden and then there's expected. So um, if you, you know, so, some people will struggle to accept the fact that the person's actually dead. Some people will struggle to, the, to accept the fact that the person is actually dying and they're going to want to keep trying to find ways to bring them back or to keep them alive. They're very detached from reality and they just in their mind think that this person's still alive. I haven't seen this stage intensely. Um, I have seen people, family members uh, in denial that their loved ones are dying, very detached from reality and they really struggle with that, but they do eventually obviously come to terms with it. And if they didn't come to terms with it, obviously that would be a very significant, that would need serious, serious intervention. But that's pretty much denial. It's just struggling to accept the reality that the person's dead or that the person is dying. Um, the next stage, second stage, is anger. So this is, as you know, if anyone hasn't heard this before, anger is a mask for other emotions. Sadness is the most, you know, popular one. And we mask it with anger. And it's easy to feel anger than it is to feel sadness. So that goes without saying it's the mask of the other emotions. Um, they're angry at the world. They're angry at God, the universe, spirit, source, 
uh, they're angry at the actual person themselves for leaving them. They go through pretty much so many different emotions of anger. The third stage is bargaining. So this one's an interesting one. And I feel like the word itself just sounds like a little strange. Basically, this is like the blame, the shame, the what ifs, and the if, if only is, um, if only I had, you know, let's say someone, for example, just wasn't taking care of themselves. If only I had pushed them to go to the doctor. If only I had pushed them to, to work out and eat healthy and do all these other things. And to, if only I took care of them better, maybe they would still be here. Well, what if I do this? You know, what if I... Um, what if I, blah, blah, blah. what if I just did this so that they didn't have to suffer? It's just going through the whole, all the emotions of, um, basically trying to postpone sadness and putting it off. And there are some people who will literally try to put in a deal with God and say, if I, um, if I do this, well, then can you take the suffering away from me? No one wants to feel grief and sorrow. It fucking sucks. It's deep. It's raw and it hurts so who wants to feel that shit nobody so i don't blame them for trying to make a deal with god shit let me make a deal with god i don't want to have to feel any pain for the rest of my life <laughs> just kidding that's where growth happens fourth stage depression much like anger depression obviously that's when all the emotions start to kick in um the sorrow the sadness the actual mourning really really kicks in and they're just that that could that could actually last some time the last stage is acceptance this is when you accept the fact that they're gone and you're at peace with it that is what's so key is that you're at peace with the loss and that you have gratitude for the person being in your life and that's exactly how I felt after my friend died and, and it only took me a couple of weeks it took me a couple of weeks and you know as much as I loved this person as much as I wish that he was still here because we literally had plans to, you know, play guitars and sing together. And like we had plans to get together and do things. Um, and I can no longer do that. And that's just a constant reminder. And I, I still, I think about him. I still miss him. I still have to remind myself that he's gone. But I am so, so grateful that this soul was in my life because he was just, we were so close and he was just such a good person. I loved him dearly. He understood me. He saw me. He didn't judge me. And we had such a great time together. So that's what I hold on to. And although I'll never be able to get to do that with him again, um, I'll hold those memories and emotions in my heart so deeply for the rest of my life. And I'm, and I'm grateful for that opportunity to even be able to hold on to that. I'm grateful for being so accepting of the loss. So those are the five stages of grief. To review, we have denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. What I think is very important to note here about these stages, by the way, are that you're not going to necessarily go through them step by step, stage one, stage two, stage three. You're going to like just go all over the place. It's just going to be like a huge fucking emotional roller coaster where you're like, you know, you're in denial and then suddenly you're angry and then you're, you're like, okay, I'm at peace with it. You're accepting. Then suddenly you're depressed and then you're bargaining and they, and then now you're back to denial. You're just going to bounce around from stage to stage for a little bit, depending on, you know, the significance of the loss. That's okay. Don't judge yourself. It's okay what you're going through. You know, death and loss is a very, very significant thing that none of us are going to be able to cheat. We're going to have to go through it. And, um, you know, as, fucking depressing as this sounds, we're all going to lose the people who are closest to us. 
you know, our parents, our animals. It's depressing and it's sad. And honestly, sometimes I still think about that since I lost, you know, my dog. It was a very significant loss. Like he died in my arms and I felt his heartbeat stop. Like it was very, very sad. I wore his collar as a bracelet for two weeks or however long I did it for. And, you know, I think now I'm like, oh my God, I love my two dogs, my little fur babies, Gus and Roxy. I love the fucking shit out of them and I don't want to lose them. And sometimes I think about it and it's just, you know, it's hard to detach yourself from thinking about loss when you've had such significant loss because you know the pain that you've gone through and you don't want to go through it again. But there are ways to heal. And that's where I'm heading to right now is how to heal from loss. And it's it's nothing like significant or crazy. You know, this is just a process that you have to go through. You have to be gentle with yourself. And like I said, take it moment by moment. So with that being said, take advantage of the support that you have around you. Anytime that my family has had a significant loss, um, you know, within our, our close family or extended family, we always get together and we share memories and we laugh and we cry and we go through the emotions. Take advantage of the support from your, from your loved ones, from your friends, the people who love you. Take advantage of that, you know, be with them. And it's always nice when people check in on you. So if you're listening and you know someone who recently experienced a loss, check in with them. Because it's it, it's just the simplest gesture that someone's thinking about you and someone cares about you and someone loves you and they, they give a shit how you're feeling and how you're doing. And make sure that you hold space for them. Um, and as for yourself, make sure you hold space for yourself to cry, to grieve, throw a pillow, punch something if you're angry, not an inanimate object, punch a pillow. Scream into a pillow. Just, you know, apologize to the pillow after. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so support from loved ones. Support from a therapist. And make sure when you, um, if you do go to a therapist, find somebody that um, does specialize in grief. It is a specialty. There, There is, there's a way to it. And even though I work for hospice, we do have a bereavement program. And they offer one-to-one -one counseling and support groups. But to be honest, I don't. Um, even though I work in hospice and obviously I'm working with people who are grieving the loss of their loved ones while they're still alive and um, I am doing some grief work, bereavement work after the fact, I, it's just not something I feel completely um, connected to. I like the, the part before it. So, you know, it's you want to have someone who really has a heart for that because it's a lot to hold space for someone who's grieving. Um, I've done some bereavement counseling post-death and it's a lot and it's really, really sad and there's not much that you can really say, but there's you know, a lot of fucked up shit that people can say to really mess with your emotions. So anyway, find um, someone who specializes in uh, grief and bereavement and if anyone listening right now is going through a loss, um, I would suggest contacting um, your local hospice and they'll have a whole shit ton of referrals for you and services, group groups one-to-one, -one, and they may even offer services to you as well. So keep that in mind. Um, support from religion. I would definitely suggest whatever type of belief system you have, whether it's religion, spirituality, definitely. Um, well, actually, let me backtrack. Explore what your beliefs are for after death. I feel like having a positive outlook on what happens after death really helps. I mean, there's these people who are like, okay, I'm going back home. I'm going back to Jesus and, 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 and God and like whatever it is that they believe in. And, and it's, and it's amazing because they're so at peace with it. So, you know, 
and in my experience with talking with people who have passed over, who have passed on, crossed over the Rainbow Bridge, they, um, they're at peace and they want you to be at peace too. So, you know, definitely explore what your beliefs are post-death and, and just like the afterlife, you know, what do you think happens to the soul? What do you think happens? You know, but some people believe in heaven and hell and, and, you know, like, what do you think? Just explore your beliefs. I think it's very important to have some sort of belief system and I'm not pushing my views on anyone. Anyone listening to this obviously has an interest in spirituality, but if you have a belief system, it does really, really help. It really does because it brings peace. It brings peace of mind rather than thinking, well, that's it. It's done. It's over with, you know. Um, and then I don't suggest you isolate yourself. I mean, if you feel like you want to isolate yourself, fine. But don't completely isolate yourself all the time. Hyper-independence. It's not always a good thing. Make sure you reach out to your support. And take advantage of that. You don't have to go through this alone. It's Grief is very hard. Um, and there are people out there who have the ability to connect with your loved one's soul and communicate with them. I've gone to so many different psychic mediums. I myself have connected with, you know, people have passed on for other people and also for myself. And it brings me peace of mind knowing that they're still at peace. So, um I would consider it to be unhealthy if you were to constantly be going to them, constantly trying to connect with their soul. Um, you just want to do it, go to them at, on a healthy level. Um, and of course, practicing your normal coping skills, healthy coping skills, not unhealthy coping skills. I mean, that's like a whole other topic itself, but for the basics, journaling, singing, dancing, playing sports, physical fitness, making sure that you connect with people, talking about your emotions. Those are just a few examples of healthy. Unhealthy, I do have one very, very, um, I mean, obviously, aside from like abusing drugs and alcohol, but like this one unhealthy per this, this person, <laughs> this one, um, this person that I used to work with lost her husband. At this point, it's probably been about six years. So at the point that I knew about it, it had been five years and I had found out that she still has all of his clothes in the closet, never emptied his um, nightstand drawer and it had been five years. To me, that's unhealthy um, because that means that she has not moved on. Um, and when you move on, it doesn't mean that you're you're forgetting about someone. Moving on just means that, okay, you move on with your life. You know, it's healthy. It usually takes people a couple months, some people even immediately. Um, I know that when my loved ones passed away, the, the family members that lived with my parents, my parents basically operate a hospice house, you know, that we emptied out all that stuff immediately. Some people may take a little bit longer to do that, which is understandable, but, you know, five years to me, that's, that's unhealthy. And that's someone who really, really, really could benefit from significant support. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, that's just the basics of death and the, the, stages of five stages of grief so I hope you all got something out of this I hope you all felt connected to it and I really hope that you guys all start to think you know what's your relationship with death and what do you think happens after life I think it's it's fun to explore those types of things so anyway um I am back in action so still not really active on social media so uh if anyone wants to get in touch with me anyone's interested in mentoring anyone's interested in a reading please don't hesitate to reach out 
through my email, realtalkwithalyssa at gmail.com, spelt exactly how it is on my icon. I'd love to hear from you, even if you have a story um, to share with me or even a request. And also, I'm going to kindly ask if anyone um, feels called to it, I would appreciate some feedback, um, a rating and reviews on my podcast. This way I know, you know, where everyone's at, what everyone's interest level is, and maybe, you know, I can add a different topic of interest for anyone. So with that being said, everyone, thank you so much. I hope everyone's doing really, really well. And if you're not doing well, I hope that brighter days are ahead of you. (laughs) Just kidding. I already know they are. (laughs) Everyone have a great, great week. Thank you.